Welcome to the Airflow Podcast. I'm your host, Ricky Thomas, and this is the place where Kingdom Heirs go to be informed and inspired. So sit back, relax, and flow with me. Welcome to another episode of the Airflow Podcast. I'm your host, Ricky Thomas, and today I'm just so excited to be back. This is episode 13, people. Um, You know, this journey doesn't seem like it's been that long, uh, but, you know, we're we're just getting started. But here we are at episode 13. and, And for this episode, you know, as we move into the end of the calendar year of 2021, um, you know, we're in the last quarter of the calendar year, and I really just want to touch upon uh, some things in this episode to really get an understanding and, and a, a clear picture as kingdom heirs that we are supposed to win at life. We're, we And we are. We were created to win. Um, but I think in order for us to really understand how to win, we need to know who we are. And, you know, you hear people say, you know, who you are or, you know, just understanding whose you are, you know, and if, if, if you are a king person of the kingdom, you know that you belong to to the most high God. But knowing who you are as you walk the earth will help you to align yourself and, and put yourself in a position to really win. And I don't want to I don't want to confuse things because, you know, a lot of times people look at your wealth as as winning and I'm talking about from a financial perspective and there's a balance that has to be there um, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're winning because you're financially stable you're financially secure but everything else in your life is jacked up so you know or you never really had a chance to know yourself because your focus was just all on getting money and you have that money but you, you never have fulfillment. You never reach a true satisfaction or contentment or um, even even a sense of peace about who you are. So I think it's important to to really focus on that in this episode. So I want to go through a few different things, a few different areas and, you know, from just some things I've looked up and, and really just get an understanding of you know, how knowing yourself will help you win at life, because that's what we're here to do as as kingdom heirs we should be winning um even through times where we may lose it's a win because it's a lesson learned and that's where we have to start focusing and condition ourselves so some of the things that i want to i want to start really this process of of breaking down these items and you know there's no particular order but everything that i'm going to mention i feel like is very important and understanding who you are and where knowing yourself is, is going to be vital to be able to win in life and truly win, um, you know, not just measure it by, by the, the money in your bank account, the amount of land you own, all that stuff is, is great. And we should want that, but that can't be the only thing. There has to be balance in everything. So the first thing I want to discuss is, you know, Knowing yourself is understanding what makes you happy. And as as simplistic as that sounds, 
you really have to stop and, and, and think about that because, you know, a lot of people, I hear a lot of people talk about they're just so unhappy with their life. And then you ask them, well, why are you unhappy? You know, some people say, well, I'm unhappy because the job I have, I'm unhappy because, you know, I'm not financially where I want it to be. Um, I'm not happy because I, I'm not married by now or, you know, I haven't been able to start my family. There's always different reasons of why we're not happy. But that same energy to to be able to spout out of why we're unhappy, you know, think about put the energy into what makes us happy. You know, is there is there a moment in your life you can think about or just different times that you understand, like what truly makes you happy? You know, when was the last time you were last happy? Was it in was it a certain place you went um, situation, um, some kind of event, um, you know, and just think about that and just even, you know, look into your mind and get a, a get a picture of that moment or those moments. You know, what made you happy or the bigger piece is Why were you happy at that point? You know, what was going on? that that caused you to feel that 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 feeling of happiness and and I think that is you know that is where if once you figure that moment or figure that that thing out what made you happy that kind of helps drive you to living a more fulfilled life because you understand what truly makes you happy and the more you get into it you know it it's it's more than just the thing, but it's that situation, you know, you worked hard and you lost weight. It's not the outward appearance that made you happy, but it was the feeling of, you know, the attention that you received, the compliments because, you know, you worked hard and people noticed the work, you know, maybe that's something that makes you happy. Um, you know, it, it's, it's just, you know, some people look at, we talk about weddings and, you know, it's like, well, I want to be married. And, you know, they look at the ceremony as a thing that made you happy, but it wasn't necessarily a ceremony. It was the fact that you found that person that you trust and you want to get and you got married to them and you're going to spend the rest of your life with that person. And you felt happy, not just in that moment, but just when you think of them, you feel that happiness. So I think it's it's important to to really dig into, you know, the why find the why, you know, I started off with what makes you happy. And and then once you figure out those different situations and different time frames, start asking, you know, okay, why did that make me happy? Why am I happy in those moments? And then that's where you start to focus and really hone in on, on those times. And again, it, it's not a deep thing, but you know situations where you truly feel happiness and in those are the times that you have to you have to sort of snapshot that sometimes even journal about it you know do a diary and and just you know take note of you know in this moment in this hour on this day at this time frame in this experience i felt happiness and so you can kind of go back and see a pattern of these are the things, you know, I feel happy when I'm traveling with my family. Now, for me, that's a true statement. I do feel happy when I'm traveling with my family. And it's not because I'm not working. Um, you know, because some people say I'll be happy if I'm not working. 
yeah, you, you may not like working, but then the stress that comes from not working and, and, you know, and I say not working, meaning you're not working and you don't have any source of income coming in. So you're away from the place that's stressing you, but then you're bringing on other stress because you're not able to pay the bills because you're not working and getting a paycheck. So, you know, it, it's not that, but it's just more so knowing when I'm on vacation with my family, we get a chance to experience new things. We're, you know, together. I see the the laughter. We're out of our environment that's at home um, and understanding that we're somewhere else. We can, you know, explore and do things and just get away from, you know, the 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 daily stresses or challenges that we that we see and just go to a place where we can be outside of our home. That's important. You know, and, and if that's a happy place, then you have to figure out how can I do that more? What can I do to 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 dig into that a little bit more? So, you know, what makes you happy is is kind of the first thing I'm going to put out there. And again, there's no order, but I just want you to understand these are things that we're going to talk about um, that will help you win in life. And, and, and it's all part of knowing yourself. Um, the next thing that I want to look at or discuss is what your passion is, what your passion is. Um, and for me, that is, you know, that's something that I, I tend to look at sometimes and I, I, I won't say I struggle with it, but it's a challenge because, you know, my wife asked me like, what are you passionate about? And I'm like, I, I know things I like to do, but passion just, you know, how do you define, you know, passion? And, you know, I look at it like, what can you what can, what can you do for hours and hours and spend so much time on it? And time is irrelevant when you're doing that activity or when you're doing those things. You know, what is it now? You know, some people can say, oh, I can play video games all day. I'm passionate about video games. I'm like, no, you know, there, there's there's a passion and there's things that you do to pass time. Um, and there's a difference. Do I like playing video games? I do when I have the chance. Um, I like doing this podcast. I like being able to talk to people and and help people, inform people, inspire people. I like that. I like being creative. Um, you know, our, our T-shirt company, uh, Billionaire Billionaire Flow. That is something that I'm passionate about because I do like to create. Um, but it's, it's more so, you know, when you're doing it, like what, what just gets your blood flowing, just gets you moving, you know, sparks that flame. And, you know, when you see other people doing it, you know, what sparks the flame, like, man, I want to do that. Or I like doing that, you know, that can be considered passion, you know, but, you know, again, you've got to make sure that it's something that is productive. You know, people say, well, I'm passionate about chilling. You know, that's not really a passion. I'm passionate about sleeping. That That's not a passion. Yeah, people can sleep and sleep and sleep if they want to. But that it, it's something besides that. It's something that you have to be active in doing. You know, and that is where I think we really just need to we, we need to really look at it. You know, what are you passionate about? What What is it that you just can't see yourself not doing. And I think when you when you find that out, again, that helps you to get to that next place. 
you know, it helps you to get to that next place and understanding, okay, I found what I'm passionate about. I found what makes me happy. You know, those two things right there are so key that you can almost hone in on that and just say, hey, you know, I can I can start to see myself winning because I'm working towards doing what makes me passionate, what, what drives my passion, what fuels my passion and what makes me happy. So those are those are kind of the first two things, um, you know, kind of looking at an outlook of things, you know, what do you want from life? And, you know, not, you know, don't come up with some shallow answer of that, but, you know, take some time and really think about it. What is it that you want out of life? What do you want from life overall? You know, it, it is it if it's just I want a fat bank account a couple of kids, a, a spouse, and that's it, then that's not really, a, you're not fulfilling what you were created to do. You know, we were created to, you know, to come together, to be in union, to be in relationship. We were created to multiply and, and all that good stuff. But that's the generic purpose of man and woman. There's more to that than just that you know looking out and and just really looking out into your life and and understanding what you want out of it like setting goals or setting a vision for yourself like at some point you know some people wanted to you know graduate high school go to a certain college get a certain degree you know start a career okay that's part of the process for some you know, starting a family, you know, being married and having children. But again, what else, what else do you want out of life? You know, if all you want out of life is just, I want to, you know, raise my family and, and that's really it, you know, okay. You know, but I think you're limiting, we're limiting ourselves if we just think that that's all we have to offer. We were created to do much more. There's a gift that we have. There's talents, there's treasures that we have inside of us. And understanding kind of, you know, the the other things we talked about, you know, understanding your passion, um, understanding what makes you happy. And if you can do those things and it helps to bring other people happiness and passion, that's something to really dig into. And I think a lot of times, you know, we... And I say we because I do it too. We we look at things sort of in a superficial way, um, not understanding that our talents were not just made for to hold on to for for us to just have. It was meant to share in the world so that if we're all using our talents that we were created with and we're using them in the right way, collectively, the world would be a better place. So knowing what you want out of life. That is something that I think would would definitely be beneficial into making sure that you one knowing yourself and then two you know winning you know are you winning in life? Um, another thing that you know to really understand who you are and knowing yourself is you know what core values do you have? You know, values, values are important. You know, and there are so many different values. There are so many different, 
you know, words or, you know, things that people throw out there. But again, values, it it shows the kind of person that you are. It's kind of like a code. You know, I live by this code. You know, when you look for a spouse, for those that are looking for a spouse or even a companion or somebody to be in a relationship with either, you know, in a platonic relationship, a business relationship, uh, you know, in a caring, loving relationship, whatever the relationship is, there's usually a common set of values that you share with that person, those people, that business, whatever the case may be. Those values, you know, really give you a clear idea of who you are. But, you know, I don't know a lot of people that have a set of individual core values, um, or at least I say, I won't say they don't have it. They don't realize they live by certain core values. They, they have them. They just haven't documented them. But again, and it takes some time, you know, but, but there are things that you, you have to figure out, you know, um, you know, and a lot of people will, will, will search and say, okay, Hey, here's some values that I live by and they'll, you know, look it up and, you know, honesty is there, loyalty is there, but you know, that those are, those are things that, I think they're good, but I think it's a little deeper than, than just the honesty and loyalty. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, values should be sort of filters for how we decide to do things, how we decide to live our life, you know, and, and, and when you make a decision, if, if we're saying that values are sort of a filter in our life, and every decision that you make that has to go through that that value filter has to go through that review the value review and if they either get they're either going to get a green light to move forward or they're not you know but what are those values what are those things if you know nobody else is around you had to govern yourself and govern that decision based off of no other outside influence but just what you have you know, and, that, and that's not necessarily easy because, I mean, they are we, we have flaws. We're human, you know, in our in our human nature. We are flawed by design in a lot of ways. You know, there are different things about how we were raised, the environment we were brought up in. Um, and when we're here, because despite some of that, you know, some of us are raised in great environments and we're here because of that. But then there's there's others that have you know, been raised in, you know, not so great environments, but despite all of that, you're here and you had to make decisions and choices based off of those values. You know, I hear so many times where, you know, people that didn't grow up in the best of neighborhoods or the best of, you know, financial, they didn't have the financial wherewithal from their families to be able to be exposed to a lot of things growing up. And so they, formulated values without even knowing they formulated values of, you know, really looking at it. You know, if you had, even if you have, you know, family members who or parents who worked all the time to try to at least keep a roof over your head, but they didn't make it to the games because they couldn't, or they didn't put much time and energy into being present, you know, as a parent, because their thought process or their love language was I'm providing you with, you know, the light, you know, electricity and 
air conditioning, things like that. So, you know, my presence should have been felt. My love should have been felt through that. And, you know, again, that's this is not to, to judge anybody, but it's just, you know, what do you value? You know, for me, I value being there and present at my kids events. Yes, I, I, I work. I work hard. But, you know, for me, I want them to be able to see me, to know that I'm paying attention, that I'm present, I'm there. You know, that's how I show my love, you know, in that situation. And I value that. And, and they do. But, you know, just understanding, again, values are, I guess you can kind of define values. I, I looked this up and I found this online. I thought this was pretty good. It says that values are the traits we find true within um, within evaluating ourselves. So I'll, I'll say that again. Values are the traits we find true within when evaluating ourselves. You know, and, and you have to understand, you know, you can't confuse things that you value with your personal values. So you might value having, you know, a nice car, but that doesn't mean that that's what your values are. So, you know, again, putting a value versus values, you know, putting a value based off of a, a certain, um, I guess what word I use, having a certain measurement of, you know, of something, you know, whether it was, Hey, I'll put a value on this because, you know, I, I like having, I like having, you know, bright lights in my outside of my house. I value that, you know, that's, that's a value versus something that you value internally. So, um, knowing, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to drag the value piece on, but having a set of core values and really thinking about that. And again, these things aren't something that you necessarily need to answer right off the top of your head. But at some point, again, when you start talking about knowing yourself, you got to know like what values govern you. You know, it could be it could be your relationship with God and his word, you know, for kingdom folks. That should be your, your a good set of your values should come from that. Some people have traditions that from family traditions that they value or that they're built that their family built their name off of certain sets of values and they've lived those traditions and those values through the traditions. Um, but again, those are things that we really need to, to start, you know, thinking about when we want to talk about knowing ourselves. Um, kind of another thing in, in this, this is, again, this is what can get people in trouble, but you've got to understand when knowing yourself and, and trying to make sure that you are putting yourself in position to win at life, you got to understand what you're willing to sacrifice to get what you want. In life, there is sacrifice. There's always some sort of sacrifice, whether it's time, it's money, it's sleep, it's, you know, cutting off certain relationships that aren't fruitful. Um, it, it is there's so many things when we start talking about sacrificing. Um, and, you know, somebody, you know, there's a quote I saw that said, everything has a price. The question is, are you willing to pay it? Um, and, and it's not just about money. And again, I know, you know, everybody hears price and money, but there's, there's more than that. Um, you know, but you're always willing to trade something in exchange for something else. So if you think about from the business perspective and in life, you know, it's called an opportunity cost. 
there is a cost. There's a cost for you taking time to listen to this podcast episode. Yeah, there's a price to that. But, you know, with that price you pay, you know, is there a return on that investment? You know, do you look at it as an investment? Is it a, is it a loss? You know, if you're learning something and I, and I pray that everybody's listening to this, that the, the, you know, the sacrifice that you're taking, the time that you're taking out to listen to this is helping to propel you. Cause I, I don't want this to be, I, I appreciate the support and the love and people saying, Hey, I listened to the podcast. It was great. But I want to make sure you're getting something out of this because, you know, for me, that is what I'm passionate about. So if I'm not getting anything or people are not getting this stuff and they're not, that's like, this is nothing, then, you know, I'm not fulfilling, you know, even if one person is saying they're getting something out of this, then I'm doing my job. I'm doing what I'm here to do, which is great. So, you know, we start talking about sacrifices. There are, you know, in this world, we know there are limited resources. Now, I said keyword this world, you know, through God, we've got unlimited resources. But in this world, there are limited resources. There's limited money, limited time, limited opportunity. You know, you hear people say everybody's got the same 24 hours in a day. And, you know, there's a thought process that every time, you know, you say yes to something, you're indirectly saying no to something else. Because, again, if you say yes to this, then you may not have time for that, especially when you're talking about in the same day. Let's just talk about a 24 hour time period. You know, if I tell my wife that I'm going to spend X number of hours doing something with her, that is X number of hours that I'm not going to be available to my children. But the sacrifice with my wife is worth it because it helps to build our relationship. We build our marriage, then that sacrifice is worth it because then it makes our home happier. It helps us to be better parents to our kids and it just keeps the, the happiness and joy level in the house where it needs to be. So that is a great trade-off. That is a great sacrifice. Um, but it's being able to, you know, again, some people have to sacrifice. I say, I shouldn't say have. Some people sacrifice family time in order to get money. And that happens more so than not. You know, when you're trying to further your career, and, and again, I'll use myself as an example, um, you know, when I was trying to, to move into management, you know, several years ago in IT management, one of the things that, you know, I told my wife when I started working at this company, I, you know, I said they work long hours. Um, you know, they, they told me coming in, you know, there's going to be times where, you know, we may be here on certain nights of the week all night long. We need you to be present. We need you to be here. You know, and there were times where. You know, when I first started working there, our youngest son, he was just born. He was he was less than a year old, I think, during that time when I first started there. Yeah, he was he was literally just born probably like a few weeks before I started there. So there was a sacrifice that had to be made, a sacrifice, you know, and I had to have a conversation with my wife. And in that time frame, she told me, you know, and she agreed. She was like, you know. I'm willing to do whatever I can to help you get to where you need to get to, because that's going to help elevate our family. That's going to help us, you know, bring in some more money because this position, you know, is, is the position that I got 
when I was leaving uh, from working two jobs. And so it came with a sacrifice. It's like, okay, well, you know, you don't have to work two jobs and be super tired, but there's going to be some things where you're going to be not be at home some days where you normally would have been at home, at least for a few hours. And it was a, it was a sacrifice. It was a sacrifice from from my wife and I. It was a sacrifice just for, you know, being away from the kids and not being home, not being able to be present. But it was a, an understanding between us to get there. But what are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to sacrifice some of those moments? You know, my wife had to do the same thing. She had times where because of her schedule for the job, because she she was, you know, trying to help bring in more money for the family. And she wanted to she took a position where her her schedule, you know, was kind of a second shift schedule. So she was, you know, not home in the evening when the kids got out of school. But my schedule before I, you know, at one point was to the place where I can take them in the morning, I can pick them up. So it worked out, you know, God was able to work that out. But, you know, there was a sacrifice for her to to get to that place, you know, to work that job. She missed out on some things. She couldn't get away to go to certain basketball games or certain parent teacher conferences. But it was for a season. But that was the sacrifice. And so, again, what are you willing to sacrifice to get where you want? Those are things that you need to know about yourself if you want to win in life. You know, some people, again, some people sacrifice family in order to get money. And, you know, I'm going to quote something I read online and said, that's the, that's a brutal truth. We know extremely rich people who in the race for more monetary wealth have indirectly left their families behind. Now, as a kingdom heir, that is not the will of God for us is to be able to is to leave our families behind. So that's where that balance comes, because you can get filthy rich. But if you don't have anything that anybody to share it with anybody that's going to truly love you, the people that helped you build to be there with you, then what's the purpose of having all that money and lose who you truly are? So that's why it's good to stay rooted in the word and knowing who you are and what you know, you have to know what your boundaries are. And that's, you know, and that that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to determine the level of wealth you can get to. That just means to say that you're willing to stay within these boundaries to keep yourself being who you are, who you know you need to be. And if you're doing that and you're operating in God's will, it's going to take you way past what you would have done, leaving who you were or who you're supposed to be behind. So, again, just understanding what that sacrifice is, that is that is key. Um, that's very key. So these next two, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about them sort of together or at least, you know, back to back, because I think this is very important. Sometimes it can be difficult for people. Um, the first is knowing what your strengths are. So, you know, we talked about understanding what you're passionate about. But you should also know, you know, what things that what things do you do that you're really, really, really good at or at least better than most of the people that you're around. So, you know, again, most people have more than one strength. So they, I want to encourage you to just think about what what strengths do you have and try to think of, you know, three to five, you know, and and. and 
knowing those strengths are, are things that you basically can say, I can consistently and reliably do these things well. And you might not think they're amazing, but there's others that do. And I'm, I can say this so many times because, you know, my wife and I have these discussions all the time. She's like, hey, you're really strong at this. And I'm telling her, you know, when it comes to financial planning and how she does things with um, with just planning in the household, planning vacations, managing money, budgeting, things like that. She's so good at it, but she doesn't see it as that. And I, I do the same thing for certain things. I'm like, you know, I don't see why it's a big deal. But there are people who struggle in those areas their brains are they just not that's just not something that they're strong in and if we're not careful we'll we'll kind of bypass those strengths it's like well i think it's common sense everybody should be able to do that and that is not the case so you know knowing that there are things that you do well and you think they are just very simple things but people are monetizing off of those things so many times and you and, and you'll be surprised off of that. You know, people come in and, you know, just creating a budget and walking people through budgets and people are just like, wow, that is so ingenious. And you're thinking like, dude, this is just basic stuff. But it's all about who your who your clients are, who your customers are. You know, you're solving a problem. So here's some things. And again, I, I pulled this I pulled this offline, but here's some questions that can help you identify, you know, your strengths. So the first one is, what's the last problem you successfully solved? We're always solving. You should always have something, you know, if you live life enough, there's always something that you're going to solve, whether it's, you know, figuring out why this computer isn't connected to the network, whether it's, you know, why the budget is off of a couple of dollars, you know, why the, the grass is not as green as what it normally is, you know, whatever it is, there's a problem that you've solved. Don't think about it's a small problem to you, just any problem. Think about that. The next thing is, what's one instance where people complimented you on the way you did things? And again, you may think that it wasn't a big deal, but to somebody else that was like, man, I wish I knew how to do this. And then you think about that and say, I could have, you know, I can possibly, you know, do an online course about this and make some money. Do you know how many people would love to be able to do that? You know, I just went, I just went, um, I had today, I just had to go and change a battery in, in my, one of my vehicles, one of our, our vehicles in the house. And how I learned how to do that was through a YouTube video. Now it was a free video, but it was a basic you know, straightforward thing. You know how many people are making money just teaching people how to do little stuff like that? To me, it was nothing. I mean, I've been changing car batteries for years, so it doesn't seem like a big deal to me, but to others, wow, you know, that's great. Now, I'm not saying that's a strength of mine, but I'm saying people who can teach that and break it down and they do it easily, you can make money, just little handy things like that. So next thing is, what do your what do your friends like about you? You know, do you talk to your friends about that? If you've got true friends, they're going to be able to share with you, you know, what your strengths are. They should know. And again, these are real friends. These aren't people who you just talk to on Facebook and you call them friends because 
y'all went to y'all had one class back in you know 1992 together and you know he was cool she was cool and y'all just are friends now i'm talking about people who are in your circle people who know you and you trust their opinion on you you know what do they what do they like about you um the next thing is what do other people come to you for help with you know, I, I've since I was little, I've always had, um, you know, family members ask me different things about technology. You know, I was the tech guy. And to me, I'm like, I know people that are way more talented to me. Like they do that. They can do certain things, you know, but I was always, hey, Ricky, I've got this new computer. Can you come over and help put this memory in here? Or can you help figure out why, you know, my my computer won't play this game. I just bought Doom. And for those that I'm showing my age, but for those that remember when Doom came out of computers, it was the biggest thing, but the graphics were so great and the gameplay was so good that you had to have a computer that can handle it, you know, either on a hard drive or a CD-ROM drive that can handle it with memory to go with it. I was always the person that the family called. You know, they would come pick me up or parents would drop me off you know, I didn't, I never asked for money because it was, it was family, you know, I was just like, Hey, I love doing it back then. I remember that. But again, what did people come for you for? It's stuff like that. You know, suggestions, you know, now that I've been married for 19 years, I have family and friends that ask me advice on that stuff. Does that make me an expert? No, but maybe they think I'm strong in that. You know, don't take it for, don't take it, you know, your honesty and your transparency in certain things can also be your strength. Um, the last thing about that is, you know, out of your friend or peer group, the people that you're around a lot, you know, what are the things that you're better at than they are? And again, you, you should always have, you should always be around people where there's a balance. You're good in some areas. They're good in other areas. Collectively, you guys are lifting each other up and, and growing to the next area. So if you if you have that kind of, you know, if you if you can answer those questions, ask yourself those questions and then answer them, you're identifying strengths. And that's a good thing because you you need those to, again, know who you are. That That's more that's more building up who you are and knowing who you are. Um, now, the next piece is knowing your strengths. You should also know your weaknesses. And, you know, just like with strengths you know everybody has some things that they're not great at and it doesn't necessarily mean that you're terrible but you know again if you're transparent and if you're true to yourself not arrogant and not thinking no I don't really know if there's anything I'm not good at no there there are there everybody has things that they're not the greatest at I mean when you really think about it you know and you do it, do it for self. And I mean, this isn't something that you have to share with anybody. But, you know, take the arrogance off, take the ego off and just think, you know, what are those moments where I feel anxiety of having to do something? Because I know I'm not the best at it. For Some people is getting up in front of people and talking. For some people, it is, you know, doing something that's artistic. Uh, for some people, it is, you know, just not just speaking in public, but, you know, some people don't like public displays of affection because I'm not, and I'm saying it not necessarily as a weakness, but 
you know, just you feel uncomfortable with doing it. You don't look at it as a weakness. You look at it as something I just don't like doing. But there are things that that you just are not strong in. So let's look at that and and find three things, three to five things that you just don't feel like you're you're very strong in. you're weak in those areas. So, you know, with just like with the strengths, here's some questions that you can ask yourself. What activities do you think are boring and why do you think that? And I know you might be thinking, like, what does that have to do with anything? Well, most of the time, if if you have something that, you know, if you have activities that you love doing, it's partly because you feel strong about that area that the activity is based out of. You know, you wouldn't go to um, you wouldn't go to, you know, certain things. And I, and I got to be careful with that because I'll say like in a, a place that you can put putting golf. You know, and then you know you have no hand-eye coordination and stuff like that. You may go just because everybody else is going, but you know you're not really. That's not really an activity that you're big on. You might think that that might be a little boring. You know, so why do you think that? And that's just an example. There's others, but you know, again, what activities do you find are boring? And then understanding why do you think they're boring. The next one is what activities do you find that are hard or difficult? You know, that's kind of self-explanatory. What things do you do or have you done? We're like, this is just too tough. I, I can't do this. Um, the next thing is what drains your energy the quickest? You know, what are those things that you do? It's just like, oh, this is an energy drain. And it's there's a reason behind this, because a lot of times if there are things that you know you're not strong at, you're, you just mentally and even physically to a place, put yourself in a position where like, I am not going to do this and I'm just going to shut it down. And I'm not giving it any energy, you know, but what, what drains your energy the quickest? The next one is what do you usually need help with? So again, we all need help. You know, what, what things do you need? Do you need help with? Do you need help with, you know, putting together a professional sounding email because sometimes you mix your words up, you know, we all do it. Do you need help with, you know, tying a tie because you've got a big presentation and, you know, you got to you got to get in front of people. You want to make sure your tie is looking right and then go along with that. You know, you've got to get in front of people and you're not the biggest or you're not very strong at speaking in front of people. I want to you know, I get in front of people. And I need your help. I need you. I want to practice this speech with you. I want you to help me out with this. You know, think about those things. Uh, the last thing is in, in the past, what are some projects you couldn't wait to get them done so you can get back to what you really love doing, you know, so what are those things where whether it's work or, you know, school or just something at home where you're like, I'm going to hurry up and get this done. I really don't like doing this, but I've got to figure out and get it taken care of because it makes me so uncomfortable. And I just want to move on to the next thing. You know, what are those things? You know, think and think about that. And keep going, because, you know, if if you do that and you're finding those weaknesses, you know, you know, you want to make sure that you have a good understanding of what those are. And then once you do, then you have a responsibility to find people who are good at those things, you know, and, 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 you know, work with them, people that may be in your circle. Because again, the goal is to try to take those weaknesses and improve them. Because if you, if you know what your strengths are, you know, you build off of your strengths. 
and you find those areas that you're weak and you and you improve those. Now you you know where you you know where your your weaknesses are. You find those gaps and you fill them in. It's just like in, in business. You know, when I think about in my my job in corporate America, you know, managing software testers. You know, one of the things that we do is gap analysis, you know, on, you know, test cases that, you know, our test cases, which are, you know, the, the basic steps of how you go about testing something. Well, those should be may be able to be mapped to functional requirements for how an application or how, um, you know, a certain piece of hardware works. Well, if you if you don't have a way to map that, you're going to have gaps in those areas. And to be better to improve and to make sure that the quality of, of the product that you're producing is higher, you've got to identify those areas that you're weak. Where are we where are we lacking test in? You know, so from the QA side, you, you've got to dig into, you know, where okay, here's here's our test cases, here's the requirements. We're weak here. Okay, let's let's work on finding experts that can help define that that requirement a little bit better. Or help us to understand how that piece of software works in that section or how that hardware works in that use case and improve it. The goal is to always get better. And if you only focus on your strengths, then you're limiting yourself. That doesn't mean that your weaknesses are going to always be, you know, you're always going to be able to go and, and, and make every weakness and turn it into this, you know, the same level as a strength. But if your weakness is, let's just say your weakness, every weakness that you have, let's just average is a five. You know, the top is a 10. You can take those weaknesses up a notch to six or seven. How much better would your life be? How much further could you go? If, if And I stick to public speaking because I know a lot of people have a fear of public speaking or they just don't like it. They just don't like standing in front of people. But, you know, think about, you know, if you're able to conquer that fear. And you want to go into something like public speaking because you like talking to people. You like you like telling people and helping people and inspiring people. And so you've been doing it through emails. You've been doing it through, you know, behind the scenes ways. You know, you've been coming up with artwork and stuff like this. But, you know, what if you could take your and get to the place where you get over that fear or you get over that weakness of talking in front of people and actually be able to, you know, experience and express, you know, what it is that you're that you're wanting to bring to the table. How much further could that take, you know, your career potentially if you want to go into that kind of thing and be a motivational speaker? Um so again, understanding that is is, you know, your strengths and weaknesses are, you know, very, very important um in, in the process of knowing who you are and then going from there and, and really position yourself to truly win at life. Um, you know, we talked about so many different things. And I think this next thing is, is, it's definitely going to be just as important as, you know, and it kind of goes along with the other thing. So we talked about what makes you happy and what you're passionate about. Um, but what gets you excited? So, you know, you don't want to confuse you with passion. You know, obviously it's not happiness, but, you know, excitement. um, and, and I'm, I'm trying to think of how to really phrase this a little differently, but, you know, you figured out what your passion is, you know, assuming, you know, you, you've taken the time to do this. And again, I want you guys to go back and listen to this, you know, when you get a chance, write it down. It's a good thing about podcasts. You can always go back and kind of 
re-listen to it again and and think about it and, and do some deep dives on some of these. Um, but, you know, understanding what your passion is is one thing. Uh, but excitement comes from really discovering opportunities for growth. And that's whatever the the opportunity or the area for growth is. Um, you know, if you go to a place and you're like, okay, I'm trying a new restaurant and I go to that new restaurant and the food is great. That's exciting, right? People, some people like going to different restaurants, you know, going to finding the newest restaurant in here. You know, I live in the Nashville area. You know, our, our, our restaurant scene has grown tremendously over the past, you know, 10 to 20 years. I mean, it's been crazy. Just the different types of food, the different, you know, styles and different fusions and different things that have come about here. You know, some are from other areas where they're changed. Some of them are, you know, just homegrown that, that have started here or people have transplanted here from other areas and just bringing that that flavor and things like that. But people get excited. I know people that get excited about that. I mean, I get excited going to a new restaurant and like, man, that food looks good. And you try and it's like, OK, now that that excites you. You know, and it's not about being greedy, but, you know, people like good food. They like good environments. You know, it's like it's got a good got good scenery. It's got a, you know, good little vibe to it. That's cool. You know, one thing I've noticed is that everybody wants to grow. And, you know, when you find a path to do it, you get excited. You know, when I when I start talking about podcasting, that was something that, you know, I had you know, I had some thoughts about it and I saw it. I was like, yeah, you know, I think I would like to do this. And I started researching it and it was like, man, this is kind of cool. And I got, there was a buzz. There was this excitement that built up in me. You know, I watched my wife do the same thing. She, she, you know, her passion, you know, she's very passionate about budgeting and helping people to, you know, do some financial coaching and things like that. So when she was going to take class for it and, and get a certification for it she was excited about it you know it wasn't something that she was just like oh I don't really want to do this you know she was excited about that opportunity because she knew that it was something that she was she was passionate about and she was excited to go out there and do it you know th there's there's something about excitement you know is, is, is if you discover something by trying out a bunch of different things and once you realize there's a formula to it, you know, you kind of get hooked and it just creates that excitement. You know, you have you have to risk the bad experience so, you know, you don't miss the good ones. And that sometimes is what creates the excitement. You know, just in that the, the example of restaurant, you know, you may go to a restaurant, you know, it might be like, hey, this looks like something that's cool. You try it out and it wasn't what you thought. Okay, that that's that's the lesson learned. You know, what did you lose? You still had you still was able to go out and have a good time and you know you didn't care for the food. Okay. But there's plenty of others to try and keep going. But you know, being excited to try new experiences, meet people, you know, taste foods, you know, push the limits of your body, you know, new workouts. You know, I know a lot of times people get tired of the same mundane workouts. You get tired of running around the same track or the same, you know, I know for me in the neighborhood, you run around the same areas. 
you, know, you want to go try something different. Look at something new. And that's why, you know, places like or or companies like Peloton or Nordic Track or all these other companies that make treadmills and ellipticals and bikes. Why do you think they spend more time developing these huge screens and on those screens, they're providing people different views, whether you're seeing other people like you're in a classroom setting, even though you're at home, whether you're seeing, you know, real live, not live, but you're seeing real pictures or real videos of, you know, mountain areas or, you know, hills and, you know, streets and all that stuff. It's to help you visualize and give you something new and exciting to get get into you know, from video games. You know, I know my, my kids, they love Fortnite. You know, one of the things that Fortnite, they constantly develop. Now, the, the, the cool thing about Fortnite is that the game is free. They don't really, you don't pay for it, right? But they continuously create new levels, new boards. And you pay a little bit, you know, if you don't have the the um, the V bucks is what they call it, the virtual bucks to buy some of the new boards. But they're constantly developing and keep developing new things, and it brings a new excitement every time. It's doing something different, but that excitement is what drives you. So, you know, you're always going to need excitement in your life because if you don't have it, you're going to get a feeling of you know insufficiency, and you know, a lot of us know that some people are just like, hey, my life is boring. Because you're not going out there, you're not adventuring, you're not doing anything. You're going with the same routine, you know, go to work, wake up, take the kids to school, go to work, come home from work, eat dinner, watch some TV, you know, wash, rinse, repeat. That is your life. Sometimes it might be, hey. We're going to dinner. I mean, and again, I say food because it's simple, but during the week, it's Wednesday. I'm going to go. We're going to go out to eat. We're going to a restaurant on Wednesday. Oh, it's a school night. Okay, we'll be back home in time. Or we're going to go here. We're going to go, you know, just go sit out and watch the sunrise or sunset, I should say. Something, it doesn't have to be big, but it's it brings excitement because it's new. It's something that you're not used to doing. So start looking at that stuff. What makes you, what, what, what excites you? Is it the new workout partner or routine or, you know, the new, you know, taking a new route to work, um, you know, new restaurants, new, you know, going to a, a new show or different type of genre, you know, viewing a different type of genre of music or, or movies or something like that. It's a difference. So again, that's something that, that you really, should start thinking about. Now, another one is going to be, and this one again, a lot of people don't think about this, but what makes you lazy? Yeah, I said it right. What makes you lazy? You know, everybody is fighting laziness and procrastination. And you got to be honest. A lot of us do. I know there are people who are just self-motivators, but even through those folks, you still have to fight. That's, that's what you're fighting against. Some people are so hyper, you know, focused on, you know, doing so many things because they don't, because they know themselves enough to know that 
if they don't do that, they're going to be lazy and procrastinate and not do the things that they're supposed to do. So there's a there's a big distinction um, that a lot of people may not be aware of. You know, you can't confuse and do not confuse procrastination with laziness. You know, a definition of procrastination is postponing important tasks for later by prioritizing more pleasurable activities. So you know what you should be doing or, you know, you should be doing something um, and you have objectives set and, you know, but instead of doing that, you know, doing the hard work, you choose to push it out and, you know, push it out for a time of pleasure. You go and enjoy yourself, you know, but you know what you got to do. Laziness, on the other hand, is different. So laziness in, in this sense is defined as not having any goals outside of your current reality to push towards. So lazy is when you disregard growth completely. So procrastination is I've got a set of goals. You know, I've got a vision board. I've got a written out plan for what I want to do. You know, I got a budget for my finances that we need to stick by. I've got all these things planned out, but I'm not doing them in the way I said I was going to do them. That's procrastination. You're lazy. You don't have anything. You're just kind of waking up and existing. If you do something today, great. If you don't, you know, it's whatever. You don't have a thought process for growing. And that is that is something that, you know, is, is a great distinction, because even for me, I always put them together. But when I started thinking about it, once I read that, I was like, man, that is. That's a good way to see it. So, you know, and we got to be careful about using the two words interchangeably because they're not that. Um, so, again, laziness is you don't have goals, you don't have anything, you don't have you're just existing. Procrastination is you've got a plan, you've written it out, you're just not you're, you're choosing to offset it or choosing to put it off for other things. You know, the good thing about procrastinators, you know, you can go back to that thing because you have, you know, you have a roadmap, you have a plan to get back on. When you're lazy, you're just going deep and deep in laziness. You've got to fight through all of that just to get a plan and then, you know, be able to push for that. So that's that's really what I want to focus on on that part of it. So understanding what makes you lazy. What are those things that, you know, you should be planned or you should have done a plan for, you know, but you just haven't done it, you know, and that's that's lazy because procrastination is you have it. You just haven't done it. But what things have you, you know, you're just like, I don't have a clue about what I want to do with my life. You just got a, you know, you got a house and the house is dirty. It's not clean. You have no structure about how you want to keep it clean or, you know, a, a, a time frame of how you want to clean it. You know, how often you want to clean it, you know, a process for cleaning it. And you just it's just nasty, dirty, filthy. It's not being updated. You know, you're not doing maintenance on it. You have no plan to do maintenance on it. That's lazy. So, again, understanding what makes you lazy is is key. Um, the next thing is. You know, knowing how strong you really are. And 
you know, a way to look at it is no matter how hard your life has been so far, you've survived every challenge because you're still here. And I say that all the time, you know, I, I, I know that people have persevered through a lot of things and I never, my goal is to never minimize anything. But what I always tell people is after all you've gone through, you're still sitting here talking to me. You're still here on social media posting about things. No matter what, I've seen people go through tremendous challenges, health and family and financially and, and everything you could think of, you know, and, and it puts things in perspective. And it's like, man, but you made it through all of that. And people don't realize that how strong they really are. You know, going through all that stuff and, and you know, still trying to better yourself, still thinking about bettering yourself, still thinking about and planning on how you can live a better life. Listening to this podcast and saying, I care about I want to I want to win in life. And I got to know who I am and you got to know, you know, you're strong. A lot of people would have quit. But, you know, you're here, you didn't give up. So, you know, sit up, let's get back focused and keep moving because you've got a purpose. That's why you're still here. You know, I always look at situations where I see people who have been hurt and been challenged or, you know, people that I've been around who, you know, just some people just have had, you know, rough lives. And I'm like, God, I thank you for this. I've no, I got people that, that have passed on and you think to yourself like man you know I, I've, I've gone through some things now you put it in perspective my life may not be as hard as other people but again it's relative to the person you've dealt with challenges and everybody's challenge and everybody's life is going to be different in how they how they you know show or how they deal with those things but just knowing that <clears throat> Excuse me, just knowing that you're here and knowing that you had the power to overcome those obstacles, you know, that to me is shows strength and that shows that you're strong enough to make it through the next thing. Because I met, went through all of this life has thrown you all these curveballs and all these challenges, but yet you're sitting here listening to the Airflow podcast. You know, so it, it, it's really about you know, knowing where your strength is. And again, as heirs in this community, you know, I, I'm, you know, as kingdom heirs, you know, you know, your strength comes from above, but you show your inner strength and you show just how you've carried that through life and you've been able to make it to that next stage. And that's, you know, that, that is really, that's really how you look at it. I mean, you know, here's a here's a quote that I saw. I read it said, you know, challenges are life's way of finding out how bad you want it. You know how bad you want to live because you're going to go through challenges. And sometimes those challenges are put in front of you not to break you. Not to deter you. Sometimes you can't you can't hide from them. you got to go through them. Sometimes things are moved. Sometimes the path is changed. So you because, you know, God knows that you may not be able to handle that piece. You may not be ready for that particular challenge. So he moves it 
or he changes it. There are some things where it's right in front of your face. And you got to deal with it head on. But the best thing is you keep fighting. But again, you're here. You are here. So you are strong and just knowing and realizing that. That is so important. Um, the next thing is, is, you know, and some people do have challenges with this. But again, these are the things that, you know, you, you have to know about yourself because if you want to win, you have to be able to do this. But how to self-motivate. So self-motivation, you know, is, is really, um, it kind of comes to two things. So it's, it's your ability to determine and organize, um, organize small action, which long-term leads to big results. I'll say it again. The first thing is it's your ability to determine and organize small actions, which long-term lead to big results. The second thing is it's your ability to harness your inner hunger to overcome laziness. So again, it goes back to, you know, what makes you lazy. Well, a lot of times if you're self-motivated, there should be this drive to say, I know that there is laziness and everybody has it. I need to minimize my laziness by staying active and staying hungry to overcome that. So, you know, the, the best thing in, in kind of what you would call the secret to self-motivation is making sure that those things are there at the same time. Your ability to determine and organize, you know, small actions, which leads to long term, um, which long term leads to big results. And then your ability to harness the inner anger or inner hunger, I should say, to overcome the laziness. So those two things, you know, if you're doing it at the same time, you get stuff done and you're moving and you're, you're self-motivated. You know, if everybody focuses on it, and I know a lot of a lot of people these days and I, and I say it a lot. They focus so much time on the haters. I'm doing this because my haters, my hit, my haters, my haters. And it's really just a form, you know, if you think about it, a self-motivation. Because most people, I'm going to be honest, I'm not saying that people don't have haters, but a lot of times people don't even care about what you're doing. They don't care that much. I mean, you may have some people that you're around, but you, you know, some people I think, mass produce these haters because it helps them to stay focused. It's like, it's what they need to stay focused and and to do what they need to do. So it's motivating them. And, you know, it's like, call it what you want, but your average person doesn't really have that many haters. And and the people that some people that they're calling haters are basically people or some people who really have their best interest at heart. They're trying to help and guide them, but they don't want to listen because they're saying something different than what you want to hear. And so a lot of people automatically call that person a hater. And and, and you've got to just, you know, again, you've got to find out and think about who the information is coming from. But again, you know, your, your haters, you probably look in the mirror and you see your biggest hater. But whatever you got to do to self-motivate, you know, you got to do it, but be smart about it because you don't want to place and start doing things for imaginary people that don't exist. And then you're driving yourself into a direction that you really don't need to be in. 
trying to please somebody that that is not really real. So if you set your goals, you have goals that you want for yourself, regardless of what you think other people might want to drive you to do. You still have those goals and you focus towards those things and you motivate yourself based off of that because you know that there's a place you want to get to. And that laziness is not you're not going to let that laziness take you down. Because, again, it's the small actions, which over time leads to big results. So you've got to overcome laziness, because if if the, the process in part one from self-motivation is saying that these are small actions over a long term period. So it takes time. That's what that's what you have to get from that. It takes time. Self-motivation is a process. It is not. It's, it's a it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And through that marathon, you can't get lazy. You've got to keep pushing. You've got to keep moving and going and you've got to stay hungry. If you're not hungry and you don't truly want to accomplish that, then you're going to lose the you're going to lose the race. You're going to lose the marathon. You're going to fall behind because you're not thinking long term to get those big results. You're thinking short term. And when you don't get that short term, you're you're falling into this. You're, you're losing the inner hunger and now inner hunger. And then now you're you know, the laziness is taking over. And, you know, one of the things that that's a, a common mistake when we start talking about self-motivation is that, you know, you've got to there's this belief that you've got to knock something out of the park every day, you know, and, and that that's a standard that most people can't leave and mo- nobody really lives up to. And so you quit. And if you don't have these major wins, I'm not hitting home runs every day. If I'm not doing that, then I get discouraged. And then you create this false narrative that I'm not successful. I'm not moving forward if I'm not hitting these big things. Sometimes it's just knocking off a few notches, hitting a few checkpoints on the checklist. And if you're doing that, you're moving towards the goal. And you hear people talk about moving the needle. You know, what is the minimum amount of, of work or, or that I have to do to get towards that that thing that I need to get to? What's the minimum amount that I can do each day that can help me get there? And it's enough that I can push the needle. And when you hear people say push the needle, that means you have to know, you have to have some level of measurement. Where's my goal? What's my plan? And then where am I, where am I at in that? Did I do anything today to push myself further? And if you're doing that more and more each day, that increases your, 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 Increases you on your path, on your on your path and in your journey. And it gets you closer to where you want to be. And again, that's that small actions that lead to small, small actions that happen over a long period of time, but at least to big results. That's what that is. You're moving yourself each and every day, each and every day you're moving. Now, I've heard some people say, you know, each day I get one percent better, you know, one percent better. And that could be with anything. It could be with sports. It can be health and fitness, you know, um, your grades can be relationships, whatever it is. I'm getting better each day. If you can say that each day, the subnet by the end of the day, that the subnet of everything that I did in that day made me better in as an overall person, better in this one thing that I was focused on or, you know, 
whatever the, the, the targets are, I got one step closer, then that's a successful day. But knowing how to self-motivate, that is very, very, very important. Um, another piece is, is knowing what environment works best for you. And I, 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 you know, I don't really know. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this one because really you've got to, you know who you are. You know, basic, basic thing of, you know, seed time and harvest is, you know, the same seed can grow faster in some environments and starve in others. So think about that. You know, seeds are meant, certain seeds are meant to be in certain climates. They thrive, they grow best in certain climates. You can't grow, you can't go and plant an apple tree in the swamp. That's not the environment it's supposed to be in. It's not the, you know, the, the type of soil it's supposed to be around. It's not the type of climate it's supposed to be around. So you have to understand the environment. Now, some environments you may grow, but it may be harder. You may not grow to your full potential. I mean, you think about some plants when you take them outside of, you know, the weather that they're meant to be in, that they were created to be in. You know, you take them outside of that, that place, they grow but they don't necessarily grow to where they're supposed to be because it's missing certain elements to help them to get their full potential. You know, I, I, you know, you see those, these memes and you see these motivational things all the time. They talk about, you know, if you put a shark in a certain kind of small tank, they only grow to a few, you know, a few inches. They, they stay contained because of the, the bowl, the size of bowl they're in. You put them in the ocean, they'll grow to be eight feet. Why? It's because the environment that they're in is, is, um, you know, is, it's, if they're in the right environment, they're going to grow to where their potential is. So you have to know if you're the type of person who needs to be in a certain type of environment in, in terms of, you know, work environments, um, you know, certain climates, certain people, you know, some people can't be around negative people. And when I talk about environment, that means the people who you're around. If you've got friends and people that are in a relationship that you're in a relationship with that are are killing the mood or changing their making your environment difficult for you to thrive in, you've got to think about that and assess that in that season. Do you need to be there? Now maybe later on you become stronger and you're able to deal with those things, but you gotta know this isn't the environment that I need to be in right now. You know, but you're not, you're the, the good thing about, you know, the difference between us and in a, in a seed is we have a choice of where we decide to go and be planted. We have a, we have the power to control what environment we're going to be in. So, you know, there, and there are different ways, you know, you can, you can improve your environment, the one that you're in right now by optimizing it, by cleaning it out, decluttering it, making it to where you feel like you can, you know, it, it, it's prepared f enough for you to grow or you can relocate to a more affordable area. You know, some people look at it and says, oh, it's hard. It might be tough, you know, but, you know, you've got to think of an alternative. You know, you can probably you can probably tell where your life is going, you know, if you don't make the change. And if it's not the outcome you're looking for, then why not risk it? You know, why not change it? You know, you got to figure out what it is that, 
you're looking for, what it is that you need to be. And sometimes you have to make that decision. Sometimes you have to make a choice, whether it's your kid's school, you know, if it's, you know, if it's getting them into a certain environment because they may not be able to thrive in that environment. You know, some kids are, are they need a classroom environment where they have a smaller teacher to student ratio. And if you put them in the right environment, then, you know, you'll see them thrive because they're able to get that one on one or more one on one attention. There are sacrifices that come to it. And is it a risk? Yeah, it's a risk because it may not work. But, you know, if you were in a, if you're able to try it, you know, you're able to do it, then, you know, you do what you can. But you find the environment that works. And once you find that environment, you get planted and you root in that environment and then you, you move to where you have to go. You, you become who you're meant to be. And that's, again, very, very important. Now, the next thing is, and we're wrapping up here, but next thing is, you know, what kind of people you vibe with? I mean, again, I think that's very important because when we just talked about environment, you know, you kind of can split your environment into two different sections. You know, you've got the uh, the actual location. You've got the opportunities provided by that location and then the tools you have within the reach. Um, you know, and then the other side of that is the people that's around you. So, you know, you've got the location, the place you're at with the opportunities that are provided in that location. Um, and then you have the people that are around you. So the location, the people. Um, and so, you know, if you want to stay in that environment and you think this environment is right in terms of the location, you got to make sure that you're around people who are going to help you get better. They're going to challenge you and support you. And that is sometimes so hard for people because they're, they want to stay around people that they're familiar with. But in the season that you're in or in the place you're being, sometimes those people that are familiar in it, it's, it's family and friends, you know, sometimes they're not, uh, they're not helping you to get to that next place. And it's not that you have to totally disassociate themselves, but you've got to rethink how your relationship is structured. You know, sometimes people choose not to grow to a certain way because they don't want to be seen as seen as an outcast amongst the people that they're around all the time. You know, I don't want them to think that I'm a goody two shoe. I don't want them to think that, you know, I think I'm all that. I don't want them to think that, oh, he, they, there's something else because they did this. They moved out here or, you know, they're, they're trying to better themselves. Like, you know, you, you can't focus on that. And if you have people who you have to deal with that type of energy, then you've got to limit that. And people will say, yes, that you will hear people say that, you know, especially when it comes to money, all oh, the money changed you. And you find out most of the time it's not the money that changes you. It's the money that changes people around you because they look at you different because you have moved to a different place. And it's not just the money. It can be a relationship. You know, when you were single and, you know, hanging out and doing all that stuff, you know, everything was great. But you were miserable because you were you were truly wanting to be in that relationship. And then when you found that relationship, you found that happiness. You know, you got people who, you know who just are not happy with themselves. And when they see you happy, instead of truly embracing your happiness and, and feeling really joyous for you, they, they, they start, and that, those are haters. They start portraying, you know, projecting themselves on you in terms of the negative, like, no, we, we were good. 
you know, everything was good when we were both sorrowed and sad and sorry together. But now you done moved on and you happy and just happy as can be. I can't be around you. You different. No, I'm not different. I found happiness. And yeah. 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 Okay. I am different because I'm happy. But if, if they're not striving for happiness and they're not truly happy for you, then you got to, you know, you got to look at that. Are, are those the people you really want to be around? Now, here, here's something that you want to look at. Find people who you enjoy being around, not because they're below you and their insufficiency in, in, in makes you feel ahead. See, you're not in a race with those people. You're in a race trying to catch up to your potential self. So I'm going to repeat that again. Find people who you enjoy being around, not because they're below you and their insufficiency makes you feel ahead. You're not in a race with them. You're in a race trying to catch up with your potential self. So again, when you're around people, if you only put yourself around people who you think you're better than just to make you feel better, you're never going to grow. You, know, you always hear people say, you know, if you're the biggest fish in a small pond, you know, if you're the biggest fish in, in your pond and you're in, you got to go to a bigger bowl or your biggest fish in your, your biggest fish in your bowl, you got to find a bigger bowl. You know, you should never be the smartest person in your circle. You should never be the, you know, the, the most successful person in your circle. If you want to grow, then you've got to expand your circle or you've got to switch to a different circle. And a lot of people don't want to do that. But, you know, here's another statement that the, the circle has more value than the sum of its members. So, you know, if you've got a small circle, but everybody in that circle is is moving and, and, and growing and expanding themselves, then the circle is, is, is good. And people can grow and, and, but it's based off of who, you know, it's based off of, you know, what circle you choose to be in. So when we come together with people in our circle, you know, our values should expand exponentially. You should be able to bounce ideas. You've got connections, goals, strategies that, individually we can't really we're not going to come up with by ourselves so it's it's that combination of you know good creative energy experience and experience that will open the doors to where you know none of us knew were there you know we get exposed that exposure you know again i always go back to some of these life wisdom keys from my man of god apostle amos howard but you know he says exposure expands your expectation and, you know, that last statement, I said that, you know, the combination of, you know, the good energy that you're getting from being around people like that, that where you've got that and you hear that word synergy where you're collaborating and you're building and then you take life experience, you start seeing things that weren't there. You start seeing those doors. And then it's kind of like the moment, you know, you realize the kind of people that you're around and that you're connecting with then it's easy to avoid the, the people who are toxic and are, are stymieing and stifling your growth. And then you just go and you remove those folks out of your life. You know, you remove them, you know, so if you think about, you know, your garden, you think about a flower bed, you know, you, if you plant seeds and they start to sprout and you see weeds sprouting up around them, what do you do? You pull the weeds out. You don't pull the plant, the new sprout out and put it somewhere else. 
see, it's already started to to germinate and it's already started to move and and grow. You take those weeds and you remove it because that environment is fertile and you start doing everything you have to do to make sure that 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 ground is ready to go. And there's no seed. There's no weeds there to choke it out. You start eliminating those toxic things out of that environment. It's the same thing. You know, you do it with your life. And that is so, so important. So the last two things, you know, we're going to talk about and, you know, um, I really enjoy this because this is good for me. Like I said, this is always therapeutic for me. So I'm hoping that, you know, and I'm praying that, you know, everybody's getting something out of this. Uh, this thing, this, this next thing statement is or next question you have to ask yourself when you want to know who you are is, you know, know how far you've come in your journey and how much more you, you have to go. So, again, wanting to win in life. You got to know what the finish line is. And if you don't, then you'll keep running until you just run out of life. You'll just keep going and going and going until, you know, like those Energizer battery commercials, you got the the off brand battery batteries who they go until they just die and then they just dead. The Energizer keeps going and going and going. But even with that, they keep going and going and going. But where is the destination? The destination of your life isn't just to be born and to die. That's inevitable. Once you're born, death is, is inevitable. It's going to happen at some point. The question is, what is it that you want to accomplish in that time frame? You know, so if you want to win at life, you got to know where that finish line is. Got to know. So every mountain seems like a hard and overwhelming climb, but you're, you're not going to get to the top in a single step. And it, that's what people start. You know, that's where that's where life is right now. Everything is about how can I get here faster, quicker, with less work and, and really on autopilot? What can I do? You know, what is the secret to making money fast? What pill can I take to get a to lose all this weight, get a six pack? You know, is there a product I can buy for that? You know, is, is there something that somebody can teach me something really quick that can, you know, keep certain things away from me? It's, it's it's always something that's fast. And for some people, that is what success is. You know, you know, right now we have people becoming millionaires off of crazy and crazy time frames. They're they're getting money so fast and they don't know what to do with it. And, and for them, that's their journey. I just want to be rich. But they don't have that level of happiness. They don't know what the end is. The end, they're just making money. But you ask them, okay, what what is your overall goal? When does the journey end? When do you think your journey ends? The journey doesn't end just because you die. Because when you die, your life is going to be measured off of the life you lived. It's the legacy that you left. It's not about necessarily the mistakes you've made, but it's what you've learned from those mistakes. Is how you've pivoted from the challenges to push yourself further. That is what the journey is. So, you know, I've 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 seen where people they go to these um, they go to these events and these retreats when they pay like crazy amount of money, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to hear these different people that they call gurus or motivational speakers, and 
they're talking about, oh, you got to find your inner strength. And true information that's really valuable is free. It is free. But, you know, you've got to be able to put yourself in a position to one where you're willing to learn and you're willing to put in and look at yourself, look at your life as a to, in a totality and say, for you, what is there that I where, where can I go? Where am I going with this? How can I position myself? You know, what are the things that I want to accomplish in life? Like have an idea of what that is. Know how far you've come. You know, you should always be able to look back. I, I, I always look back and I and I, this is why I'm appreciative of what God has done for me, because I can look back in my life from a kid to even now. And I can look at my marriage to now. I can look at my family to now, my finances. I can look at all all these different things and I can see where there's been growth. And I can also see the areas that I need to continue to grow in. But I know that I have, you know, I can I can pinpoint and say these are things that I've accomplished and these are things that I've been successful at and this is where God has brought me out of these trials and tribulations. So I know how far I've got I've come. But in that I also know that there's things that I still want to accomplish. And so I know there's a way for me to go. And it's not a number from a financial piece. It's 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 more about am I what am I doing to enrich my life? What am I leaving behind for my children? What is my legacy? What do I want to be remembered as? And, and you have to have some way to me- you have to have some measure. You know, you hear this. There's always a statement. You can't manage what you can't measure. You know, and another thing, another way to say it is you cannot improve what you do not measure. So you don't know, you know, you can't improve something. If I don't know how to measure it, if I don't have a measurement for it, then how can I improve it? I don't know. I don't have a baseline. I don't have anywhere to start from. So how do I know I'm getting better? You know, if you want to lose weight, what do you do? You get up every morning, you get on the scale, you see the results and you write it down. Two weeks, you know, you go and and you figure out, you try to figure out some things, you know, on your own. And, you know, you see you're dropping weight on certain times and, you know, you're trying to figure out what's happening and, you know, why you're putting weight back on. You want to get to the place where you're, you're, tweaking things, but you have a goal. My weight loss goal is this. So today I was on it and I say, okay, here's my starting weight. I come back in a couple of days. Did I go down? Okay. What did I do to make it go down? Did I exercise? Did I change the way I ate? You know, am I drinking water? Am I getting enough rest? You know, it, it went up. Okay. Did I eat something that was very heavy, very carb intense? You know, am I not again, get enough cardio in? Am I, did I lift, am I lifting more weights, which is making my muscles heavier, which caused my weight to fluctuate? Like you, you have different metrics to go by. You have different things to say, I can pinpoint where things are and I can check my progress. That's how you can measure the journey. That's how you know where it is. You know, one thing you might want to do is, you know, start and create a list. And say, this is my dream life. If, if, if I had to write a Disney fairy tale story, this is what my dream would be for my life. And then start charting your life now and see where you're at. Some people be surprised that they're not as far as what they thought. And the last thing that, that, that you can look at um, to really in, in understanding and knowing yourself 
so that you can win at life is is knowing the difference between how you see yourself and how the world sees you. And this is so important because this is that this is kind of that self-reflection type thing. You know, are you holding yourself to a higher standard than you hold others? And and it can be, you know, tricky because, you know, we judge ourselves on our intent and we, we, we judge others by the actions. And again, when you're thinking about yourself, you know, you're looking at you, you know, you're like, no, well, I know I didn't mean to do this. You're saying that to yourself, but the action was different. So, again, I'm going to say that we judge ourselves based on our intent. And then we judge others by their actions. And, and this is, you know, again, how the world sees you. You may not have meant to say or the way you did something, the way you said something, the way you did it, whatever the action was, wasn't in your mind how you wanted it to play out. But other people saw it differently because they didn't know your intent. They only saw the action that came about from it. So, you know, we we give ourselves the benefit of the doubt most times. You know, we mean well. And, and most of us would say, you know, we're good people. But our actions need to prove that. And sometimes that's the difference between how we see ourselves in the world, because the world bases it off of the perception. The perception is usually based off of action. What you do, what you say. I don't care how great you are, but, you know, you think you are. But if there's you've got a track record to doing some pretty jacked up stuff, well, guess what? It, it's 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 going to look differently from the outside than what you see. Understanding who you are when no one's looking, that is that is very important. When you're by yourself, when you go to bed, when your brain is going, you know, are you happy? Are you good with yourself? You know, are you proud about who you are? And I hope you you, you hopefully you are. But if not, then, you know, this is one of the things that, you know, you should be putting at the top of your list. You know, you got to be thinking about how can I improve my actions so that my actions match my intent. So, you know, again, I I know there was a lot that we talked about, um, but I think it's important to really go through those things and, and really get an understanding for you, get an understanding of self. Because if you get an understanding of self, then and you can start to make changes. You can measure those changes and then you can manage it. And then you're winning. You start to win at life. It's not just about you know superficial things. You're really winning because you're becoming a better person. Inside and out. It's not just about the wealth you accumulate that that isn't it. But it's all of these other things. So. You know, again, I, I thank you for this time. I really appreciate everybody listening, you know, and I'm I'm praying that everybody's getting something out of this. This is definitely uh, this this particular episode is near and dear to me because, I, again, I want people to live their best life. I really, truly do. I want you to wake up each day and enjoy and love what you do. I think if more people we're doing what they were passionate about and we're able to truly be themselves and by finding out who they are and then being able to be themselves and be comfortable in their skin. A lot of this craziness that we see, 
you know, we wouldn't see. Now, I know there are spirits and there are demons that are out there working and causing people to act outside of the will that they and the purpose that they were created to do and be. And, and there is definitely a spiritual warfare going on. And, and part of that is part of this process is, you know, and I didn't say it, but, you know, finding out who you are and knowing yourself, you know, as a kingdom heir, knowing yourself in God's word, knowing who you are, who you are. That is very that that should be the number one thing on your list. You know, and, and, and you know, I know it, it's it's popular to try to be inclusive of, of everybody. And but, you know, I know what I know. And I know that God's word, I know what God's word says about me. And so if I'm doing anything that is contrary to that, then I'm not being who I was created to be. I'm not being who I was purposed to be. So, you know, I implore everybody, I implore you to, you know, take some time, go back through this again, you know, go back through this, this podcast episode and, you know, write down these things that, that I mentioned and, and take some time to reflect on them. Even if you don't write them down, just go back, you know, listen to each section, each one, and then, you know, just reflect on it. Just take time to get yourself in a, in a quiet room and just reflect. No noise, no nothing, just you moving and doing what you know to do, you know, in a place that you can be, you know, transparent with yourself. You don't have to put on the air. You don't have to act anything other than who you are. And some people can't even do that in their own household. You know, if you got to go to a bathroom, if you got to, you know, take a drive somewhere and just sit in the park and, and do get to a place and really just take a moment and find out, you know, get to know yourself. Because if you know yourself, you start figuring out what you're good at, what you're not good at, what you can improve and then you start to plan and plot and then you can start winning if you're not winning. And most of us, if you're listening to this, I'm not going to say most of us, if you're listening to this, you're winning because you're still alive. That means you have a chance to change. And that is is really what it's all about. Consistent improvement, really focusing on getting better each day. That is what it's about. I mean, that that's that's what being an heir is. You know, it, it's not about being perfect but it's being perfected in him to be and being perfect in him is being who he created you to be. And as I always say, you are an heir. So as an heir, you were created to flow. So continue to flow on. God bless you.